welcome to the first ever episode of the Assist Center podcast. In this episode, you'll find out what the Assist Center is, what we do, and get a good idea of why we do it. My name is Karen Shore, and I'm lucky enough to work with these brilliant, thoughtful people every single day. I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Veena Misra, the director of the Assist Center. I'm here with the Assist Center Director, Dr. Veena Misra. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Misra. Thank you, Karen. Nice to be here. I'm so excited to tell people about this center. Um, I'm relatively new working here, but it's such an exciting, innovative place to be. Um, I'm happy to be able to uh, let people know about what it is we're doing here. So I think it's important for people to know that ASSIST is an acronym. Can you tell us what that stands for, um, how we are funded, all of that kind of thing? Um, so ASSIST is actually funded by the National Science Foundation. Uh, ASSIST stands for Advanced Self-Powered Systems of Integrated Sensors and Technologies. We were established in 2012, and we are part of the NSF's Engineering Research Centers program. In ASSIST, we are building wearable devices that operate continuously. Because of this continuous operation, we're able to uh, sense personal health and personal environment at the same time. And uh, we are taking these always-on devices and applying them towards uh, managing different kinds of chronic diseases, which affect so many Americans. And as you may know, it also uh, consume, they also consume a lot of our healthcare resources. Absolutely. These chronic diseases uh, that we're interested in include cardiovascular diseases, uh, asthma, diabetes, and, and more. And uh, you may be wondering how we actually get these devices to be always on. Yeah. Yeah, we do this by harvesting power from the human body and then using this power very, very efficiently uh, to be able to do the sensing that we want to do. This power that we get from the human body is not a lot. Mm -hmm. And so we have to build efficient electronics, efficient circuits and radios, and also very low power sensors that allow the whole system to be self-sufficient and remain on. So in a sense, these devices that we're building are self-powered. And what you may find more, most interesting is the user doesn't have to change the battery or charge the battery. These devices basically uh, are, are on because you as a human are the battery. So how does it, I mean, what, what of the human body is it harnessing to get the power? Yes, we are looking at uh, two main types of sources of body uh, energy. So first one of these is body heat, where we're looking at the temperature difference between the human skin and the environment that the individual is in. That difference in temperature can be converted to energy using materials called thermoelectrics. We also are looking at body motion, whether it's uh, footsteps or motions of the, of the wrist and looking at, at uh, converting that motion into energy using piezoelectric materials. Very recently, we've added another direction in body harvesting um, using biofuels. And these, for example, are lactate or glucose that come out in sweat. And then we can build special enzymes to convert these uh, biochemicals into energy as well. And then once we have all this energy, we can store it, we can use it efficiently, and then start measuring signals like heart rate, heart rate variability, oxygen levels in tissue, activity levels, skin temperature, uh, and so on and so forth. 
And like I was mentioning earlier, we're also interested in correlating human health to human environment. So we're also able to measure things in the environment like air quality, uh, sound, humidity, etc. I would imagine those sorts of sensors would be important in monitoring asthma and that type of thing. Absolutely. So it's well known that there are certain gases in the environment that are triggers for asthma, especially in children. Uh, one gas uh, that is very important is ozone. So we are building wearable devices where the outside of the of the of the wearable device, like a watch, for example, is measuring uh, gas like ozone in the environment, and the inside of that wearable watch is measuring heart rate and respiration, and we can correlate in real time the connection between the environment and then the and the any kind of respiratory uh, signals that are impacted by the environment. That is fascinating. And I'll tell you, the, the potential for all of these devices is, it's hard to even imagine the potential for these things. That's right. And uh, not only um, can, we, can we measure things over long periods of time, we now have access to so much of this data, which can le- give us some new understanding of what might be happening with the human body. So by using machine learning techniques, we can actually start looking at early changes, even before the person might feel something is changing in, in their own body, the signals might help us detect early changes, any signs of infection. We can start correlating different health signals. And at the end of the day, this might all help us in predicting uh, disease uh, and understanding the fundamentals of disease origin. Wow. Can you can you talk about some other things that have come out of the center? Yeah, uh, we'd be happy to share. So in each of our themes that I mentioned, uh, we have achieved some very exciting milestones. For example, we have built some of the lowest power circuits and radios uh, that you can find out there. Uh, our, Our environmental sensors are able to measure all kinds of gases, including volatile organic compounds, which are also known to be health risks. We have been able to heart uh, harness significant amounts of body heat, the, one of some of the highest amounts available, by building very f- efficient and flexible uh, uh, heat generating devices. We have been able to collect sweat even when a person is not sweating, which is important because sometimes you want to look at biomarkers and sweat and you don't feel like getting on the treadmill to generate that sweat. So that's uh, an important milestone. And uh, we're also looking at uh, heart rate measurements that are operating at very, very low power levels so that they can be compatible with the energy that we're harvesting from the body. And what are we doing with all of these different technologies where we're integrating them into systems? We have built asthma monitoring systems. We have built cardiovascular monitoring systems. So for example, we have a a cardiac ECG electrocardiogram shirt that uh, you can wear. And that shirt uh, uh, has in it Uh, the electrodes for ECG measurements. It also has a thermal uh, harvesting generators as part of it. It has all the electronics built in. And so this shirt can basically monitor your heart rate, your ECG signals, uh, just off your body heat. And and that's really a battery-free, continuous operating device. We also have uh, some exciting new wearable patches that monitor both optical measurements, like your blood, your tissue oxygenation, and also at the same time, your lactate levels and sweat. And finally, wound monitoring is something else we're doing. And we have built some very flexible, thin uh, uh, wound patches that can be placed directly on the wound. uh, And they can monitor your uric acid and temperature to basically get an idea of how efficiently the wound is healing. 
So those are some quick examples of the kinds of actual technologies that the center has built in the last few years. I mean, how do you think uh, this is going to impact um, our lives? Yeah, uh, that's really important. I think this research will address a big gap that currently faces our healthcare system. Uh, right now, we only really know about our health when we go to the doctor's office, when we get a physical checkup, or when we are sick, we go to the doctor's office. And so there's so many gaps between the visits that we don't know what's happening to our body. Mm-hmm. And this is where having continuously on, always on wearable devices can fill the gap because they can provide us access to heart rate, heart rate variability uh, in a continuous manner, and with data analytics, help us uh, predict if something is going wrong. And this is why I think our research is exciting and important. We are able to see things, we will be able to see things that we're not able to see right now because we are enabling continuous monitoring. And because we have data collection over long periods of time, it can lead to understanding unknown features, um, things we don't understand yet fully. In infectious diseases, for example, there have been a lot of cases where people have not shown symptoms with COVID-19. But then there are also some studies that have shown that, yeah, there were some early symptoms, but they were very low, so the user could not detect them. By having devices that can help us identify these early symptoms, we can also help mitigate transmission of any kinds of infectious diseases. And also, we can know if our efforts are working. So we can uh, track the impact of our diet on our health uh, parameters. Uh, We can track the impact of our activity or even in some cases, medication. So these are the kinds of things that can help us really improve our quality of life and give us much more insight into our own health um, and, of course, a better, uh, healthier life. That is really, really cool. I can't think of another word than cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very, we're very excited to be uh, on this journey. Yeah, there there are a lot of plates in the air with the center. Um, We're located at NC State University, and we have several partner universities. Can you talk about the partnerships that we have with them? Yeah, um, the center is led by NC State, but we have very strong partnerships with uh, University of Virginia, Penn State University, and Florida International University. And we are together carrying out the goals of the systems that we're building. But we also work with other universities like UNC School of Medicine because we're working in in health conditions like asthma and cardiovascular disease, and they help us validate our devices. We're also working with University of Utah and University of Michigan on some targeted objectives. The research at the center is actually being conducted by a large team. Uh, We have faculty members, around 30. Uh, We have their students. We have their postdocs. And they're all engaged in the different aspects of what we are trying to build in the center. And uh, every year we have about 100 graduate students involved uh, in the research. We have over 100 undergraduates that are also involved in different dimensions of what we do. And I also wanted to mention that we're actually uh, quite mature now. We are in our 10th year. And uh, I'm proud to say that we are we've generated um, A lot of students, uh, we have graduated 83 PhD students who are now in the industry and helping drive innovation there. And many more of students are in our our pipeline as well. And just one more point about that. Our research that's been conducted by all of these different faculty members is divided into some main themes. As you might guess from my introduction, these themes include energy harvesting and storage, Uh, as one theme, low power sensors is another very important theme for us, low power circuits and radios, 
We also have great emphasis on smart and electronic textiles, uh, since that's also a strength of NC State. And we are integrating all of these different components into systems and, and performing data analysis. We have such a, a wonderful um, pool of very smart people here at NC State and among all of our partner institutions. It's wonderful that we have such a collaborative um, ethos happening between all of us. Um, that, that's got to be very exciting for you as the director. Yeah, it really is. And to see where we, st- when we started, we didn't have really any systems that we had in our hand. And now over the years, we've built cutting edge technologies uh, and use these uh, technologies and integrated them into really uh, comfortable and wearable devices is really fulfilling. And also to see so many of our students that come as very fresh students and then graduate as experts, that's also very exciting. Yeah, I, I can imagine that. So this is episode zero of this podcast, and we're hoping to dive a little bit deeper um, throughout the the process of this podcast and talk deeply about some of the other things that we're doing. So what kinds of things do you anticipate us talking about here? <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, our center it really has uh, three main pillars. Um, the research, of course, which I talked about a little bit. We also have a very strong uh, and critical industry uh, pillar, and this uh, is uh, something you will, we'd love to share more with you. We are working with uh, many kinds of companies, uh, large companies, mid-scale and startup companies that help us take our technologies and translate them into commercial uh, products down the road. Uh, and so you'll hear from Adam uh, in, the, uh, in the future about how our industry program is thriving. We have a very important education piece. Uh, we are That's our number one goal is to educate the next generation of global leaders. We have an education program that uh, is led by Elena Vidi. And uh, you'll be hearing about how we are not only educating our undergraduates and our graduate students, but we're also going into the K to 12 communities and looking at students, uh, exposing our younger students to opportunities in healthcare and wearables and technologies, and at the same time also working with K through 12 teachers. So uh, those are the different aspects of uh, what you'll hear. And we're also going to hopefully be able to give you some snapshots and examples of what our industry members are doing um, with their engagement uh, in ASSIST and some of the exciting uh, uh, collaborations that have come out of uh, us working with industry. Okay. So if a listener is so excited and they cannot wait to hear more episodes, how can they learn a little bit more about us um, while they wait? Yeah, great. Uh, Well, first of all, you can just immediately go to our website, which is assistcenter.org. You can subscribe to our newsletter, um, which you can get access to on the website. Uh, if you happen to be a technologist and you might be going to CES, you can come as, come and meet us there. We'll be actually uh, having a booth at Eureka Park. We have regular seminars for all of our for everybody in our ecosystem, and uh, you're you know more than welcome to participate there. And you can just even drop us an email for any specific questions that you may have, and we'll try to try to get you um, uh, the information that you're looking for. But we look forward to engaging with uh, with you and in, in whatever your interests might be that connect with what we do in the Assist Center. Very exciting. I'm so happy that we're doing this podcast because all of the fantastic things that this center is doing needs to be 
out there because it's it's wonderful. It's amazing. I cannot believe some of the things that um, are coming down the pipeline for us. So thank you so much for sharing. I'm excited about this podcast and, and how much people are going to learn from it. Thank you, Karen. All right. Thank you. This episode was recorded and produced by Assist staff on the Centennial Campus of North Carolina State University in Raleigh, North Carolina. Music was composed and performed by our Deputy Director, Dr. Mehmet Ozturk. Learn more about us, subscribe to our newsletter, and more on our website at assistcenter.org. Thank you for listening.